It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool are finally back in action after the World Cup and so is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Welcome back everyone, I'm your host Patrick Smith and while this isn't the start we wanted, the resumption of the domestic season as Liverpool fall 3-2 to Manchester City at the Etihad in the Carabao Cup, there are plenty of positives to take from that one. Without further ado, let's get stuck right into the reaction. Up first, we have the Liverpool Echoes dynamic duo of Ian Doyle and Paul Gorst with their verdict from the Etihad, followed by Jürgen Klopp's press conference and of course, plenty of fan reaction. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Welcome here at the Etihad. Liverpool have been eliminated from the Carabao Cup, beaten 3-2 by Manchester City. Their reign as holders of the trophy is now over. Uh, what have you, did you make of the game, Paul? I mean, quite entertaining when you consider that neither team has played for what, six weeks. Yeah, I mean, it really was an entertaining game, wasn't it? 3-2 Carabao Cup game with uh, both teams properly going for it, actually. I was surprised by the, t- the strength of the two teams. Um, when you think, you know, Mohamed Salah was playing, Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, Thiago, there were stars on both sides of the, of the divide and I was surprised by that to be honest. I was thinking maybe Liverpool were going to go quite strong, I didn't expect Guardiola to go as strong as, as he did. A um, little bit of kidology in the press conference leading up to it wasn't suggesting we didn't have too many players and, and City's involvement at the World Cup was by far away the, the most in, in the Premier League. I think they had 16 in total. Um, obviously brought on a couple who were involved in the Jack Grealish and Phil Foden. I don't think Liverpool had anyone. I think Henderson came on, didn't he? But certainly no one in the starting lineup. It was at the World Cup. Henderson. Nunes, Nunes, Nunes was there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah Nunes. Sorry, yeah. But obviously yeah. he was the only one out in the whole lot who have not gotten to the knockout stages. So. Yeah, yeah. And when, when you when you factor in, there's no Diaz, no Jota, no Firmino. Those options were tired, really, wasn't it? But it was an entertaining game. You know, both teams really went for it. Liverpool won't come up against a team as good as City, really. I think Klopp said that after the game, and he, you, know, you can kind of accept that City are great in chances and having the better of it for, for large spells because of how good they are on their own turf. Uh, so ultimately, you know, I mean, I don't think they'll lose too much sleep over it, but it's just frustrating that 40 days without the game, the first one back is a defeat and it's really even probably the main vibes at the moment you know, so that'll be a little pang of frustration but ultimately tomorrow when he wakes up I think he'll be thinking well, you know you're either, you either go out early or you go on and win it and you know Liverpool won it in February and now they're out in, in December and I think you're just looking ahead to the Premier League now because there's so many games that are going to be packed in between now and uh, the end of the day there will be a temptation for some people certainly Liverpool's critics to say well look you know, they've come back from six weeks off start of the second part of the season which has been built up as you know they've been speaking about yeah. the refresh and they've been in Dubai and they've done this that and the other then they go and lose to City I mean I've read a piece I'm sure you mentioned the same thing was saying yeah, look yeah, it's not great that they got beat by City but as you mentioned it's the hardest game they could possibly play mm-hmm. and they've come back and they've come twice come back from being behind because there was, a, there was a very good chance in that first 10-15 minutes when Haaland did score Liverpool kind of all over the place a little bit weren't they they yeah. very much looked a team that hadn't played for Quite some time, and was playing with a formation that, oh, sorry, a lineup, should say, up against a formation they weren't quite expecting. So, 
it was it was difficult, but you know they deserve credit. And you mentioned Nunes for having played in the World Cup. <laughs> if he puts away one of those yeah. three chances that he had, which were all kind of the identical chances where he was played in, it's kind of one on one with the goalkeeper. Certainly, you can see the whites of the eye, you know, of his eyes and uh, dragged it across the face of goal each time. Yeah, they were both from, from well, all three of them were from similar angles. Where he kind of wide right and he, and he snatched at it going across. The face of goal, if he connects cleanly with one of those, he, he maybe sticks it away on another day and Liverpool will come away or even go to pens and I mean I'll go with a lot of penalties. Well, unless it's, unless it's friendly. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there is that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a frustrating one just because of the identity of the opponent, the fact that he's going to play for 40 days and he come back and now they'll have the cup, the defence of the cup is over. But, you know, in, in three, four weeks' time, we're not going to be worrying too much about this performance or this result, are we? We're going to be looking at can Liverpool get themselves up, up, up the table? Seven points behind, Tottenham fourth, you know, with, with a game in hand. Still got a lot to play for. They're going to be cramming in the equivalent of pretty much a season's worth of work, aren't they? Between now and the end of May, which is remarkable, really, um, given the way that you know, we're used to Liverpool playing games. And there's a theory that Liverpool are at the best when they're kind of just on a bit of a roll. We've seen that towards the back end of last season, and they only played 63 games and he went to every final. And, Every competition you were involved in, right to the very last few seconds of the Premier League season. Um, so they're going to have to kind of rediscover that at some point. Um, and this was not the ideal way to start. But ultimately, I still think there were one or two points to look at and think, well, okay, there are some shoots of recovery from the pool for you know, getting up that table going forward. Yeah, I mean, it was a very big show for Stefan Bakhetic to actually start. And he did, wasn't the only one who struggled, but he certainly. You know, he'll alert more in them 45 minutes the rest of his you know, fledgling senior career put together. Um, but the way you mentioned then about some positives, there were some positives in the, in the sense of some performances. See, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain came and I thought he did well second half. You know, Nunes, despite the missed chances, he got into those positions and he caused City problems. Salah, he got a goal and he, 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 he tended to be, not like as he has been for quite a lot of the season, he, he looked quite decent form. And in midfield, Henderson came on, made a bit of a difference to Thiago as well. Yeah, I, I think Nunes, you know, finishing aside um, thirty caused problems. He's, he's unbelievably quick, isn't he? When he sets mm. off on, on a tear, he really does kind of race away from whoever his defenders are. We've seen that with the, the, the assist for Salah. We've seen it within well, two minutes. He, he gets put through by Milner, doesn't he? And it's a really good recovery tackle from the board to, to block the, the shots. But I'd say on another night, he could, he could have had a couple of goals. He just needs to, to maybe slow things down a little bit and put the ball. I think that's one of the things that block the speed. Talking with him about it, and then we were saying we had a, quite a long chat with him and Pep Linders the few things before the Arsenal game. Mm. And one of the things they were talking about was just to slow it down, just to calm down a little bit in front of goal. And he was a little bit rash at times, but he had his chances tonight. But on another night, if he, if he does kind of you know, take on board the advice, he sticks one of those away, maybe. And I still think he was, he was one of the most dangerous players, and, and just even hopeful balls in the island, and he chases them down like a you know, pull the china shop, doesn't he? He just causes problems. and I thought he took his, his assist for Salah really well to be fair. I don't think Salah was expecting the pass. Yeah. Um, Salah almost kind of stuck his foot out and just hits his foot and goes in, but he did really well for that. And yeah, I suppose you know, he, he was a bit rash with his finishing, but generally he was all around the fault for the Well, we've had some stewards, uh, fans, and some city staff members, and now a band come past us, so I think it's probably time for us to go. Football's back, and uh, we'll see you again at Villa Park on Monday. Cheerio. Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Difficult start. Um, first 15 minutes, uh, we had problems. Um, City played much too often through our midfield. Um, we all know City has always different ideas for different games, and you always have to get used to it during the game. You never know exactly what will happen. Um, and obviously the positioning of De Bruyne and Gündogan um, in combination with Palmer and Mares um, gave us some problems uh, on top of the problems. <laughs> you um, have Erling Haaland in the centre, which you should not forget in, in all these movements. And um, so in, in this situation we were not compact enough, that's why they could pass the ball through. That costs you um, confidence, conviction, stuff like this. But we found a way back in the game, we were 1-0 down, scored our goal, wonderful goal. Um, had good football moments before the goal already. We we we, we caused them problems as well. Um, so one one result, okay. Half time, second half starts, and I don't know how many minutes were played. Um, and they scored the the, the the second goal. By the way, the the, the first chance of Haaland, which the, the start of the game, first half, was offside, wasn't it? You don't know. Yes, it was. How can I tell you? So, but that gives the game a direction. Eh? It's like the first season, and boom! Oh my God! So they are through. It was offside, but nobody whistled, no flag up, and so it gives you a bad feeling. So just to say that. But then the second half, the goal, um, they scored that. Should have to be, should have defended all three goals much better. This one not in the in the last moment because when Ria takes the ball with the first touch inside, <laughs> it's just world class, um, and I respect that a lot. Um, but before, on the side, we should be in better positions on the other side. Um, third goal, especially, we are not switched on when they, when they start their, their, their little routine. Cross is coming in, we are not in the right position, we not enough players watch the ball early, so these kind of things. So there's obviously still a lot of space for improvement, but then we had our moments. We could have scored more goals, they had more chances. Spectacular game, I would say, for that early stage again. Um, and lot high intensity, so it's a lot to take from. Um, yeah, the result obviously not, uh, and the goals you concede not. But in between, yes, we we played. Yeah, said a couple of times, probably the best team in the world. Yeah, unbelievable how they are and uh, what they do. And um, so it's normal that you struggle in moments. So I accept that. Um, that's why. Um, especially in the big difficulties, I will not count too much now because we will not play every three days against Man City. Um, but we can do better and we will work on that and then um, let's make sure that we are ready for Aston Villa. And just, just one more if I may, um, is there an argument to suggest then at this stage of the competition that VAR should be introduced? <laughs> I mean, I hate to bring it back to VAR, but obviously those kind of calls that you're talking about there can be... I, well, we, yeah. Yeah, I would say if we have VAR, the refs are used to VAR, 
and all of a sudden you tell them, oh no, today not. They tell everybody no, not. It's like it looked like in a couple of situations that, that, that they were waiting for or thinking that there was still VR, but there is nothing because offside decisions. There were a couple of where everybody in the stadium was convinced it was offside. I don't know if it was in the end or not, but um, we ne will never know probably because we cannot watch it back. So that's yeah, I would say makes sense if you play a competition now and everybody everywhere as we are, yeah, why you should not. Especially in, 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 a, in a game like this, I understand in early rounds when it's maybe not possible um, on all levels, but then now it's City against Liverpool, uh, I think all the technical um, things are here, so why shouldn't we use it? Yeah. yeah you, you, I realised you came out on the wrong side of it, but you yeah. said it's, it was a spectacular game and I think most people watching on TV would have enjoyed the game. Are you surprised? that both sides could get up to that level or produce something like that so soon after players have come back? I didn't really think about it. I know that it, for us it's always like this. If you we, we beat obviously City from time to time, but only when we are really on top of our game, then it's possible. Because we, in, in the game it's always like this. It, it's, it's like we push each other always in the game through the next, to the next level. Um, there were spells. City better, us better, we better, and stuff like this. So um, I didn't really think about how good it can be, but I saw the game as well. So yeah, it was really good. Um, and from our point of view, we had to change late. Bobby only in the last session felt something, um, so he was out. Then um, we had other problems with. Well, we planned Oxley to start, and obviously he's in a good moment. And then he got ill two days ago, but this morning he was fine. Um, so there are um, different struggles you always have. And against City, you better should have a perfectly oiled machine available because they just, how I said, um, they always do little things differently, which have a big impact, and you have to adapt to that quickly. And we needed tonight 15 minutes, which was nearly too long, but we found a way back in the game, and then. Um, that's good, but in this game, for your own, in your own possession spells, you need 100% confidence and conviction. And these first 50 minutes cost you. That's a, you need more time and stuff. You feel in a rush where you are not. I think we had chances, um, especially using Darwin in behind. There were, there were massive spaces for us as well. So, um, yeah, good game. Was a surprise. I, I didn't think about it to us. And do, do you think um, Trent and Virgil will be available for, bo for Boxing Day? Was, Mil yeah, was I, Milner I, hamstring? Sorry? Was Milner's injury hamstring? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he felt something in the hamstring. Uh, we still hope it's not an injury, uh, but we will see. He felt something, but after 30 years in the business, he probably he said, I don't think it's a lot, so we will see. Um, yeah, actually, we, should, we thought Trent is available, but then he got ill, um, and so that's what we have to wait for. So, virtual trained today, yesterday, what is today? Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, so uh, yesterday and today, completely normal, and um, should be ready for Monday. Um, but we have to see who, who gets the virus until then. That's it? Yep. Thank you very Thank much. You. See you. Game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike Holt with my review on Man City 3, Liverpool 2. Um in which it was a game that I think probably no one expected in terms of it just being a bit mad. Um, obviously, the two best, the two best teams in terms of performance-wise over the last couple of years, you probably would expect a bit of a mad game. But um, you know, a game coming off the back of a World Cup, I don't think anyone expected that to be honest. For the neutral, it was a good game. As a Liverpool fan, there was good bits. And there were some pretty horrific bits. Um, first 15, 20 minutes, I think we showed them too much respect. Um, I think we didn't press them as much. We didn't harry them as much. And really, you know, having not been watching Liverpool for the last month, month and a half, whatever it may be, you know, you'd, you'd like to see them just come out of the blocks and just harry and press and be like, all right, okay, well, this... Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool are back. But we kind of, not sat off, but we didn't really bother them too much. Um, credit where credit's due, we responded well, obviously, with both goals. Um, but I just think we, we showed them a bit too much respect to begin with. Um, the only sort of person who was doing any pressing was probably Fabio Cavallio in that first 20 minutes. And then probably in the last 20 minutes of the game, the only person he was pressing was Jordan Henderson. Um I thought our midfield lacked energy, massively lacked energy, um, and we, you know, we all we all know we desperately need investment in that area. But it's you know it's president tonight that the only bit of pressing that we and energy that we got was from our captain, who's 32, 33 years old when he came off the bench. You know, that's not good enough for Liverpool Football Club, I'm afraid. Um, thought Joe Gomez was horrific, that, you know, especially that. The first hour of the game, oh my life, he was just, you know, especially the first goal as well, Haaland's goal, he's just, he's asleep. He's not, you need to be expecting the one of the world, if not the world, the best striker in the world at the moment to be, you know, on the ball, in the box, you know, moving. It, it, it's just, it's sloppy. It's schoolboy. I thought it was really poor from him. Um... Obviously, he goes at right back, and at right back, he can't do too much trouble. But at centre-half, I just think he's a massive confidence player, Joe Gomez. You know, City at home this season in the league, he looked brilliant because his confidence was up. As soon as something bad goes, you know, wrong for him or, you know, Napoli away, something goes wrong, his head just goes. Um, massive loss of lack of concentration. Um, didn't think Robertson was much better, to be honest. Thought he was really poor. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Robertson, to be honest. I think when Simicast has played this half of the season so far, I think he's been miles better than Robertson. I think his delivery's been better. His positioning sense has been better. And I don't think it's a lack of commitment from Robertson. I think he's almost trying too hard. Um, um, where else do we go? I mean, Salah and Nunes... Yeah, I think first half they played really well. They looked dynamic. They looked a threat. Second half, they were, both of them were pretty non-existent. I thought second half, Nunes, 
he had loads of chances, didn't he, Nunes? But he just scuffed them all. He was drag, he was pulling them all wide. Hopefully, it's just a bit of rustiness and he can get that out of the way before Villa on Boxing Day. But we really need him to come good. You know, with Diaz out, Jota not back, you know, we really need him firing. Um, Harvey Elliott didn't really impress me, to be honest. I don't think he was quite on it. Um, I think he he benefits a lot when Henderson's playing in that midfield with him, to be quite honest. I think he needs someone like Henderson alongside him. And he always looks better for it. Um, I actually thought it was quite interesting how poor the referee was for both teams. Um, and it's almost because, you know, obviously with not having VAR in the League Cup, it's like it's like the referees... The referees of today in the Premier League, they're so reliant on the VAR making the decision for them, the correct decision. It's almost like they become lazy. So they almost like they become lazy in their decisions. It's like, well, VAR will be there to back it up. So it was very telling in the League Cup game, I thought, today, that you've seen the decisions were pretty bad for both teams. Um, maybe that's the standard of refereeing. I mean, that's outside of the game. It's just something I picked up on. But, you know, we're out of the court, League Cup. We won it last year. It's not the end of the world. It's good to see the Reds are back. It, was actually, it sounded like a really good atmosphere, to be fair, in the ground from both sets of supporters for a League Cup game. Um, we go into Villa on Boxing Day. That's a really tough game, a half-five and a Boxing Day. Quick turnaround for Liverpool. I noticed that City don't play till the 28th. Mm, make of that what you will. But um, looking forward to seeing the Reds, see how they perform at Villa, like I say. It's a really tough place to go. Unai Emery's got them well drilled to a certain degree. Um, and I think that'll be a hard, hard game. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-2 loss against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup. Uh, the start of our second half of the season that we've all been looking forward to where we can make amends and potentially be the, the top team that has been least damaged by all of the hard work that Many of the best players in the world have put into the World Cup over the last few weeks and the excitement of that £200 million injection into midfield that we may get imminently or perhaps over the next six months or so. It was all falling a little bit flat, wasn't it, initially when City got that early goal. Haaland and De Bruyne, I thought, looked very sharp. Joe Gomez was a little bit too slow to react. Garland had Haaland, I should say, had got behind him and as the ball came in, all Haaland had to do was move enthusiastically towards it, whereas Gomez, if you saw on the replay, had a look over his shoulder as the ball was coming in because he was obviously concerned about where Haaland was, but his positioning meant that he couldn't focus on the ball and had to, had to have eyes in the back of his head to keep track of the person he was marking and that that didn't add up to anything productive. Haaland snuck in and uh, finished quite smartly. A very calm finish from Fabio Carvalho to pull us back, which was very satisfying. And it wasn't something I must say that I expected. And I, I didn't expect the second equaliser either. Mares's goal was, I mean, it was a first class piece of football from Manchester City to go two and up. But our equaliser, you know, was. was in many ways just as good excellent from Moxley Chamberlain the outside of his boot playing outside of his boot playing Nunez through electric pace from Nunez 
superb to get ahead of the defender and stay ahead of him and put it on a plate for Mo and 2-2. And um, at that point, I thought it was anybody's game, although I thought City certainly had the better of the contest. But I thought, you know, we had a chance of coming away with something. City's press on Liverpool when we were in our, our own defensive third is a sort of a group press. And I don't know if that's intentional or if it's just sort of a lack of coordination in the press. But there is the opportunity when that happens to, with a little bit of skill, play the ball through or over the top of the press and, and find yourself in an awful lot of space because you break, you break that line. But I don't think we were able to take advantage of it. And the, the big difference maker was clearly Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, he's, he's absolutely world-class, isn't it? He's, he's what we need to achieve, and I'm certainly looking forward to that £200 million injection into our midfield. Aren't you? <laughs> he was certainly the man that, that changed everything, man of the match on the night, and City, City deserved to win. But in the end, you know, if we'd taken our chances, we could have come away with the victory and have our place in the next round and it was um, I regret to say a couple of things that have been quite present this year that that denied us the chance Robbo smashing one over the bar when a more cultured more you know cooler calmer finish like the one we'd seen from Carvalho Carvalho earlier in the in the game would have served him better and of course Darwin Nunez and I, and I enjoy watching Nunez because he's he's a complex character and his development at the club is, is complex filled with storylines um, he had four chances the first three two of them were offside and he's got to be careful with that I mean, he drifted into an offside position nobody's fault but his own there but when he took the chance he didn't know that he was offside and um both of them were off target. Uh, the the third chance that he had um, was also off target. You know, getting getting a shot on target would be a big help, of course. He fights well for possession, and he does come back to defend. He's energetic, enthusiastic. Clearly wants to contribute, um, but needs some refinement. I think the big crime against Liverpool humanity as many of us will see it, was that break he had in the 71st minute. But on reflection, if you, if you watch the, the replay carefully, I don't think he's quite as uh, much to blame as we might at first have thought. Salah was in the middle and the obvious thing to do was to pass to Mo Salah, who's an excellent finisher. But actually that pass was not on. He did look up, he did see Mo. And there was a defender in between Nunez and Salah who would have cut out the pass. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. So in the end, even though he had taken the ball, well, he'd run onto the ball in a fairly wide position, making the chance pretty difficult. In the end, I believe his only real opportunity there was to shoot. I think the pass would have been cut out. The shot was the best of a bad lot, really. Um, and in the end, it was a poor finish once again. So four chances from him um, and didn't finish well. But, but you can see that, you know, if he gets himself into, that, into those positions, quality positions, four times in a game, more often than not, as we've seen in his, uh, 
in his introduction to this Liverpool side, he does tend to score, even though he tends to miss a lot. So he's frustrating, but can make a difference for us. And uh, we've got to keep hoping that that will continue in terms of productivity and, uh, and also improve. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Liverpool start the, well, second start of the season, if you like, with defeat at Manchester City. And deservedly so, in my opinion. Manchester City were far better than Liverpool tonight. I think Liverpool had moments within the game in which they were able to expose Manchester City in behind, mainly through the athleticism and speed and acceleration of Darwin Nunes, who again looked a threat and got into some really good areas. Obviously, the polish wasn't quite there in the finish, and we know that that can sometimes be the case with them at this moment in time. But again, good signs in the fact that he's getting into these areas. And I think when Liverpool are to play against sides who play so high, and if he can get into them central areas and get in between full-back and centre-halves and get defenders in them deeper areas in a race, then you can see it can be really, really effective. And again, he got into really good positions and, and realistically could have come, came away with a hat-trick from the game tonight. But I felt overall Manchester City were far better than Liverpool. And it, very similar problems that I've seen from Liverpool against Manchester City. I, I mean, it sounds silly, really, because Liverpool have a good recent record over Manchester City. However, for long spells within games, even when Liverpool are able to obtain the results, I feel they really struggle in terms of playing out against Manchester City. And listen, this is, we know that Manchester City are an outstanding team in, in being able to apply pressure and cutting off passing angles to teams trying to play out from deeper areas. So that's obviously taken into account and a caveat when I'm, I'm talking about this. There's very few better. But Liverpool have to be a lot better in the way they're able to play out. And I felt so many times today, Liverpool in trying to play out was so wasteful in possession and Manchester City were able to then win the ball back and because of Liverpool's space and because their their players are getting into positions in which they're trying to make the pitch bigger and wider and deeper then Liverpool's players are then in positions when the ball's turned over Manchester City win the ball back Liverpool are then exposed because the distances are too big and so often Manchester City were in such great areas to punish Liverpool. And eventually you'd always felt that the goals were going to come. I mean, Manchester City could have scored a lot more goals than they did do today. And realistically, as much as I'm talking about Darwin Nunes having opportunities and moments for Liverpool, overall with Manchester City's excessive opportunities in the final third and even opportunities in which the final pass wasn't quite made and Liverpool were, were split and, and exposed but mainly from trying to play out in the in the deep half and we know what Manchester City do when they attempt to press Liverpool and any team really what they do is they push one of the deeper midfield players or someone who plays deeper than the forward that is in Kevin De Bruyne onto the second centre half so they basically go man for man leave the longest pass and far too often Liverpool's passing angles were just cut off and Liverpool's body shape wasn't right, the touch, the technical ability wasn't right to be able to manipulate the ball in the short amount of time and space that, that you have against Manchester City. And unfortunately, it caused so many, so many issues for them. And all of them aspects have to be better. Liverpool have to be better technically as individuals to be able to play out. Can they get on the half turn? Can they play off the back foot? But also in terms of their movements to be able to get on the ball as well. 
in relation to each other, all the units of the team really. You've got a really short amount of time and space that you're able to use against City. And it's got to be first time or two touches in the way you progress the ball. And all the units in conjunction with each other to be able to, to make that work and the combinations work and then to essentially to be able to get out. I mean, I'll just, I don't like really singling out players, but I thought Andy Robertson's performance today was, and it's not often you say it, but really, really poor. And he epitomised Liverpool in that sense. So often the ball would be played into him. Now, I'm not saying that the options were fantastic for Liverpool ahead of him in terms of the movements, and again, they need to be better. But too often, his touch or his pass, for example, he would either be dispossessed or his pass would go straight to a Manchester City shirt. Liverpool are then exposed. So it has to, has to be a lot better. And that is in all of them areas when you think about Liverpool. You're talking about the pass, the accuracy of the pass, the weight of the pass, the receiving technique of the player, then receiving the ball when it does come into them and the movements to try and get on the ball from Liverpool because essentially your centre-halves are going to split, your full-backs are going to go higher. What have you got in that midfield section of the pitch to be able to allow you to get on the ball or players dropping in from that uh, highest line of the pitch to create different angles to get out? It's not easy. Manchester City are obviously a very good team and Liverpool win a full strength, especially in the first half. But it is really frustrating to watch because you feel Liverpool have got better than what they've shown on the ball. And again, I felt that related to Manchester City being able to comfortably win the game if they'd have taken their, their opportunities. So, yeah, obviously Liverpool don't come away and they're obviously out of the cup competition, but the main focus, obviously, for Liverpool at this moment in time is getting into a situation where they can claim a Champions League place. I mean, there's a lot hinging on this second half of the season. And I've got to be honest, I do worry about Liverpool in the second half of the season because even in the periods a few years ago when Liverpool lost the centre-halves, had that Phillips and Osanka back and Henderson Fabino playing as centre-halves. The underlying numbers for Liverpool during that period were still telling you they were the second-best team in the Premier League. So they were still creating an amount of chances and minimising the opposition to an amount of chances that made you believe that the points would then be accumulated and Liverpool as get back up the league table. If you actually look at Liverpool's underlying numbers for the first half of this season, you'll see they're round about eighth in, in conjunction with where they should be when you look at expected goals for and against. And that's a concern because that's got to be a major turnaround. Liverpool have gone from a side always below Manchester City, of course, but the side that always looked the second best team in the Premier League. We know that Liverpool have massively outperformed the expectations in relation to Manchester City to be able to compete with them in expected goals and it goes against, such as Manchester City's absolute dominance of, of every metric really in football. So for Liverpool to be jostling in their mid-table positions with other teams suggests that a lot's got to change in the general play to be able to get them into a situation where they're able to get into the top four. Not only that, obviously they haven't just got one team to take over in the who are above them in the league table, but they've got multiple teams as well, which causes its own problems. Obviously, they haven't got Luis Diaz now, who for me is a massive loss. It's just such a big loss. I think he's been fantastic since he's came to Liverpool. Offers Liverpool so much of what they don't have as an outlet, a 1v1 outlet, stretching the pitch in them wide areas and, and has massive value in being able to progress the ball in travelling. And Liverpool don't really have a player who can replace him in that role. Obviously, if he was fit, Diogo Jota, albeit as a different player, offers you different skill sets and could, and could play that role to, to a really high level. Albeit, even if he was fit, I think they'd miss Luis Diaz as, as the, the first choice and best suited to that wise role. 
But the fact of the matter is, they probably haven't got Diogo Jota for a period of time either. And again, how do Liverpool rejig that in a situation where they're all already behind the pack and having to gain results week after week? So there's a lot, an awful lot to do for Liverpool. And like I say, you know, just looking at the, the sort of future, because I feel that obviously it's probably a good point to now with them starting this second start, if you like, to the Premier League season. When you think about the impact it could have on Liverpool with not qualifying for the Champions League, then every game will be a cup final in the, in the league calendar between now until the end of the season. And, and that's why as much as it's disappointing for Liverpool to go out today, it's really not the end of the world when you look at the bigger picture of things. I mean, you think about Liverpool's transfer budget for the summer. Obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty over the ownership. But let's just say, for argument's sake, it's, it stays as it is up until the end of the season. Well, the fact of the matter is, you know, without that Champions League income, knowing what we know from Liverpool's owners previously, what would be the likelihood or the amount that Liverpool would be able to then spend in the summer? And then obviously you've got the players who Liverpool would probably want to obtain. Would they then be obtainable if Liverpool weren't to get in? So it is looking forward. But yeah, a lot of things need to change. I felt it was a, apart from moments, I felt Manchester City were far better than Liverpool tonight. Liverpool have a lot to work on, especially in possession playing out. And then the bigger picture is, how are they going to manage these next couple of months in the Premier League? Because they're massive, massive months for Liverpool. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.